Welcome to this edition of Back to Basics with Pastor Brian Broderson. God is at work, and what we need to realize is that God already has a plan, and God is looking for us just to respond to Him obediently and to take steps of faith, and as we do that, that will put us in that place where we just find ourselves swept up in the work of God. Today on Back to Basics, Pastor Brian continues his study in the book of Acts. Join us as Pastor Brian begins his teaching on Acts, chapter 4, verses 13 through 31, in a message titled, The Sovereign Lord and the Threats of Men. Now, here's Pastor Brian. All right, so here we are once again in the fourth chapter, and we're looking at this story. And we're coming today as, as we look at the story. Now we're looking at the, the authorities and their, their dealings with the apostles and the, the response of the apostles to this situation that has arisen here where they have been arrested and they have been put in jail and they are being severely threatened that they are not to continue to speak or to teach or to preach in the name of Jesus. So what we want to do is we want to look at how they responded to this moment of opposition that arose. And then we want to look at why they responded the way they responded. And then finally, we want to look at how this experience of theirs speaks to us today. But before we go and and look at those things, I want to remind you of how they ended up in this predicament, because this is something that I think is really important for us to grab hold of. And the situation here that they find themselves in, standing before the political governmental authorities and boldly proclaiming the gospel to them, this isn't something that they planned to do. Uh, this wasn't the result of some strategy that they had to, you know, man, we've got to get the gospel to the leaders of the nation. It wasn't anything like that at all. It was really all a result of them just taking a simple step of faith. And that goes back to the healing of the lame man at the gate. And then how that started this chain reaction, how that set everything in motion. And the thing that I want us to understand here is how God is at work. He was at work then, he's at work now. And although we can certainly you know, plan to do things and there's nothing the matter with that. What we need to realize is that God already has a plan and God is looking for us just to respond to him obediently and to take steps of faith. And as we do that, that will put us in that place where we just find ourselves swept up in the work of God. Things that we didn't even dream would you know, be a possibility. How as we just go about our lives, 
as followers of Jesus, committed to doing his will and serving him. And as those opportunities come up before us to take steps of faith, we never know what's going to happen when we take the step of faith. I mean, it might just be that one situation that we are dealing with. I mean, it could have been in the story here. It could have been they healed the lame man and the man jumped up and rejoiced and he praised the Lord and he went home and hallelujah, what a great thing. God healed a man today. But remember, that's not only what happened. What happened after that was a great crowd gathered. And so Peter preached the gospel to them. And then as a result of that great crowd gathering, the authorities were upset. So they arrested the disciples and they brought them before the leaders of the nation. And so that brings us to where we're at in the story, where they now have this opportunity to testify to these men. So let's just look uh, at their response as we see it here in the story. So they're brought before the disciples and, and back in verse 13, it says, now when they saw the boldness of Peter and John, it was a very courageous response that the apostles had to being brought before these men. Now, remember, these men were the same men that condemned Jesus to death. So this was a, a very serious and potentially deadly situation they were in. And rather, though, than pulling back because that was the case, they spoke boldly. They spoke courageously. As we go on in the story in verse 18, it says, so they called them and commanded them not to speak at all nor teach in the name of Jesus. But Peter and John answered and said to them, whether it is right in the sight of God to listen to you more than to God, you judge, for we cannot but speak the things which we have seen and heard. So these guys are very courageous in their response to these men. Uh, these men have absolute power. They're able to, you know, cast them in prison and never let them out. They're able to work a deal with the Romans to have them executed if that's what they want to do. But we see that they were totally courageous in the face of that. The second thing I want you to see is that they rehearse to themselves the sovereignty of God. Now, we use that term, the sovereignty of God. What that means just simply is God's control over all things. And, and they reminded themselves of that. As we go on in the story, they were eventually let go. Verse 23, and being let go, they went to their own companions and reported all that the chief priests and elders had said to them. So when they heard that, they raised their voices to God with one accord and said, Lord, you are God who made heaven and earth, the sea and all that is in them, who by the mouth of your servant David have said, why did the nations rage? The people plot vain things. The kings of the earth took their stand and the rulers were gathered together against the Lord and against his Christ for truly against your holy servant Jesus, whom you anointed both Herod and Pontius Pilate with the Gentiles and the people of Israel were gathered together to do whatever your hand and your purpose determined before to be done. So they rehearse the sovereignty of God. They come back together and they remind themselves of the fact that God is in control of everything. God's the maker of heaven and earth. He created everything. He actually foretold in advance the very things that they were experiencing. And so they're encouraging themselves 
by reminding themselves of the sovereignty of God. And then the thing that we see finally that they did is that in the face of this opposition, they prayed. And so verse 29, now Lord, look on their threats and grant to your servants that with all boldness, they may speak your word by stretching out your hand to heal and that signs and wonders may be done through the name of your holy servant, Jesus. So that's what they did. They, they courageously proclaimed the name of Christ. They rehearsed among themselves the sovereignty of God. And then they prayed. Notice what they didn't pray. They didn't pray, Lord, protect us from these kinds of situations in the future. Lord, deal with these men and take them out. They didn't pray those kinds of things. Instead, they prayed for themselves, that they would continue to be fearless and that God would grant his power not to wipe out the opposition, but that he would grant his power that would help the gospel to go forward. Now, why did they respond the way they did? So what caused such courage on their part? Now, let me remind you that Peter, who is part of this team, Peter and John, let me remind you that Peter had previously cowered when he was asked if he was a follower of Jesus, remember? When Jesus was betrayed and he was going to trial and Peter was there at a distance, he was standing around the fire and someone said, hey, you're, you're one of his disciples, aren't you? And Peter swore with an oath that he didn't know Jesus. So what we know about Peter's courage here and his boldness is, first of all, it's not natural. You know, how many times do we feel when we think of the possibility of receiving some sort of resistance or some sort of pushback when we step out to share the gospel? How many times do we feel like, I, you know, I don't know. I, I don't know if I'm brave enough for that. Well, here's the good news. God gives us a boldness. See, Peter wasn't naturally fearless. We saw what he was naturally like previously. How is it that he was so courageous? It's because he was filled with the Spirit. See, and this is what happens when the spirit comes upon us, when the spirit is leading us and the spirit is calling us to do something, as we take our step of faith, we can trust that the spirit will empower us and give us what we lack. So if I lack courage, God will give me the courage. And that's what we see happening with Peter here. So he's filled with the spirit. That's the reason why he's emboldened the way he is. But there's a second part to this as well. And I think this is it. Peter not only is filled with the Spirit, but underneath now, there is this, this certainty of who Jesus is. There's the certainty that Jesus is indeed the Son of God because Peter knows that Jesus is risen from the dead. Peter knows that, that Christ conquered the grave. So as he stands in front of these men who put Jesus to death, he knows that these men really have no power because the one they put to death rose from the dead. And he's there representing that one. So it's his deep conviction of the certainty of the resurrection of Christ coupled with this empowering of the spirit that gives him the boldness. Now, 
they responded this way as well because they knew that come life or death, God was in control of everything. They knew that God was in control of, of all of history. And of course, if God's in control of all of history, then they understood that God was in control of their lives as well. And there was nothing to be afraid of. Now, think about this. When we are intimidated and when we are pressured or when you know somebody pushes against us because we're standing up for the name of Jesus, What's happening there with us? When we back down, we're backing down because we're afraid of something. But if we understand who God is, he's the one who made the heaven and the earth. He's the one who holds all history in his hand. He's the one who prophesied and told us in advance all of these things are gonna happen. You know, at the end, do I really care what somebody else thinks in comparison to what God thinks? So they knew that they had nothing to fear because as they got the perspective of God's sovereignty, it just, it, it put everything in its proper place. So here are these men telling us not to do something that God told us to do. So we're not going to worry about the, the potential outcome. We're going to trust that God's in control of everything. And as we see again, they prayed because they knew that the real issue here was spiritual. They realized that there was a spiritual force that was working against them. So they prayed because they understood that the essence of the conflict was spiritual. So they were bold because of the empowering of the spirit and the conviction of the resurrection of Christ. They trusted in God's sovereignty that God was watching over them. And since he'd led them there, that they could count on him to take care of them. And, and then they committed everything to him in prayer. Now, I, I want us to just look at what this situation here can teach us. What can we learn from their experience? Well, one thing we should learn from their experience and the experience of most people even throughout history is that the gospel will most commonly be met with resistance. The rest of the book of Acts. Now, up until this point, at least in the book of Acts anyway, it's a relatively short period of time, but there's been sort of a free flow of the gospel. You know, the gospel has gone out, people have responded, and the many thousands have come to know the Savior. But, but we're not too far into that you know, probably a few weeks and all of a sudden the gospel is now met with resistance. And that's the rest of the story of the book of Acts. But what we need to understand is that's just the reality that that is just the way it is for the most part throughout every generation, the gospel advances in the face of resistance. So we shouldn't be surprised by that. We should expect that really. If we have seasons where there's no resistance, I mean, we're just like, wow, this is fantastic. Thank you, Lord. But there, there's always some sort of resistance, whether it's spiritual or sociopolitical or cultural or personal, Christ and his gospel are going to be resisted because the gospel is a threat. 
You know what it's a threat to? It's a threat to personal power. So we need to know that. This, we learn this from their experience. The powers that be will always resist the gospel. We also need to know, as they knew, that God is sovereign. That God is in control. Do we believe that? That God is really in control. Now, I, I'm asking you, do you believe that? And, and do you believe it to the point where you've made it very much just something that you, you're basing your life on so that when you go out into the world, when you go onto your job or whatever context you're in, if the opportunity arises, you're going to speak up for Jesus. You're going to talk about Jesus as the opportunity arises, and you're not going to worry about the consequences. Now, a lot of times we draw back because of the potential negative consequences. What do we do when we're faced with that? Well, if we forget the sovereignty of God, then we probably will buckle under the pressure. But if I remember, you know, God's in control of everything. God made heaven and earth, the sea and everything that's in them. God said through the mouth of his prophets that these things would happen. These things were all known to him in advance. And then God knew that I would be in, in this situation right here today. And therefore, I can trust him that if he's allowed me to come to this situation, he wants me to stand for him. And come what may, I'm, I'm just going to trust him for the future. See, this is where it comes down to real practical faith, where I'm, I'm trusting God, even though in standing for Jesus in this situation, it might cost me a friendship. It might cost me my employment or something like that, but I'm, I'm trusting God. That's what these guys were doing. That's what we have to do. And then again, we see them praying for the gospel to go forward and counting on the Lord to fill them with his spirit in order to accomplish the mission. Now, this is what I want us to take away. As I mentioned in the beginning, all of this happened, as I've already said, these are things that are just completely beyond their control, but they're obviously things that God has set up. So again, you know, let's just think about Peter and John. They're together with the other disciples. It's getting close to the hour of prayer. They decide, hey, let's go over to the temple for the hour of prayer. All right, let's go. And there they go off to the temple. They come along. They see this man, this lame man. They probably had seen him before. For all we know, Jesus might have even walked by this man. But on this particular occasion, Peter recognizes that, that God wants to do something here. So Peter, like we pointed out previously, Peter takes a step of faith. And he engages this man and he says, Silver and gold I don't have, but what I have I give you in the name of Jesus Christ of Nazareth. Rise up and walk. And from that simple act of obedience, taking the step of faith, here they are back before the very men that put Jesus to death, testifying once again to the reality of Jesus as the Messiah. So as we who are serious 
about following Jesus as we take steps of faith, as the opportunities arise in the course of our daily life, you know, the ramifications of that can be so far-reaching. You never know what's going to happen. That's, that's the thing that's so exciting, to be caught up in the sovereignty of God, to just be swept up in something the Lord's doing. You, you don't even realize it. There's just, you know, a situation you find yourself in and you just feel like, you know, I should talk to this person right now or I should pray for them right now or I should just extend a helping hand or something. It just comes on your heart like, you know, this is what you need to do. And you never know that that might be a a door that opens that's going to just cause a a succession of of opportunities to come about as a result. And I, I think for myself, I think of, you know, all the many years of ministry, and I think of all of the different stories of people's lives, how just one little thing opened up an opportunity and and led to this series of events that resulted in this amazing thing. And let's not, let's not forget that. Let's recognize that that's how God works. Let's just make ourselves available to just be swept up in one of those scenarios that God sometimes creates. But like I'm saying, the thing about these guys is that they were serious about following Jesus And all of this happened in the course of their daily lives. And so as you go out into your daily life this week as a follower of Jesus, just be open to an opportunity. And when the opportunity comes, take the step and see what happens. But remember this, boldness, courage comes from the power of the Spirit. The book of Acts is, as we pointed out very early on, it's very much about the ministry and the power of the Spirit. So guess what? Before you go out the door every day this week, you can just say, Lord, I'm going out. I don't know what's going to happen out there, but Lord, fill me with your Spirit so that when the opportunity arises, I have the courage to take that step. We can do that very thing. Remember, it's the power of the Spirit that emboldens us. It's the, it's the deep conviction that Jesus really is the Savior. He really did die. He really did rise from the dead. If I don't have that deep, deep conviction, then I'm not going to be as inclined to boldly step out. So I need to strengthen my faith. I need to get more into God's Word. Remember that God is sovereign. Don't back down because there might be some consequence. Know that God can overrule that. God is bigger than the consequence. And if there was some negative fallout, like you lost your job, well, guess what? God will provide something else. He, he will take care of that. That's, we can trust him to do those kinds of things. And as we commit to prayer... And as we just finish up here, notice they just said, Lord, look on their threats, grant to your servants that with all boldness, they may speak your word by stretching out your hand to heal that signs and wonders may be done through the name of your holy servant, Jesus. And when they prayed, the place where they were assembled together was shaken. They were filled with the Holy Spirit. They spoke the word of God with boldness. As they prayed, God responded. And so as we pray in faith, 
we can expect that God will respond as well. For the month of March, Back to Basics Radio is offering a timely resource titled One Minute Answers to Skeptics by Charlie Campbell. Has a skeptic in your life ever stumped you with questions regarding God, social ethics, or supposed contradictions in the Bible? Well, with this book, One Minute Answers to Skeptics, concise responses to the top 50 objections and questions by Charlie Campbell, you can be equipped to address the questions of skeptics on those exact topics and many others. If you want to be equipped to always be ready to give a defense of the faith, we encourage you to call us right now at 1-800-733-6443 or visit us online at backtobasicsradio.com. And when you give a gift to Back to Basics, we'll send you this book as our way to say thank you. We do appreciate your generous support of this ministry. We'd also like to remind you that all of our other resources are waiting for you at backtobasicsradio.com or by calling our request line at 1-800-733-6443. That's 1-800-733-6443. Our desire is to encourage you in your daily walk with God. We'll continue tomorrow with more valuable insights from Pastor Brian as we study together in the book of Acts. Back to Basics is the preaching and teaching ministry of Calvary Chapel, Costa Mesa, California.